0: And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Opportunity Knocks. I am your host, Dean Miller. This is the podcast all about the business journey, the struggles, the failures, the successes, the challenges, and how we overcome them. Today, we have another one of those great guests uh, who we actually did a live stream with about a week ago today, talking about her program. Uh, her program is called the Instagram. Michelle, help me out. Instagram Power Correct? All right. And today's guest is the one and only Michelle Berman. Michelle is one of those people who uh, knows how to leverage social media. And I think a lot of people who are struggling with it should listen today. Simple thing like a hashtag, a real estate podcast actually connected Michelle and I about two weeks ago. I learned a little bit about her. I learned a lot about her program and felt compelled to say, Michelle, you've got to be a guest on the show because I guarantee you there are more than a handful of people out there who have been listening to our show who definitely could use some advice and guidance on how to make their lives not only more productive but to maintain their sanity while they do it because the wonderful world of social media is one of those things that just scares the hell out of so many people who should not be scared by it. So Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today. We greatly appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. My pleasure. I am so excited. I think we're going to chat about a lot of things today. So I'm looking forward to it.
0: I'm looking forward to it. Listen, that's what I do. I fall into the rabbit holes. I crawl back out thanks to some great (laughs) guests who helped pull me out of it. And we hopefully make a difference in some people's lives. So before we get into specifically what the Instagram power method is, I wanted you to take a few minutes to walk us through how you got to this point. Tell me a little bit about your experience in life, where you come from, what you did, what inspired you to start your own business and become that solo entrepreneur, uh, and about some of the challenges that you've had along the way and how you were able to overcome them.
1: Yeah, so it starts way back. I'm going to go and kind of let people in on just a how Michelle Berman became Michelle Berman. I think that that's a huge part in why I'm sitting where I'm sitting today and you know, why we're already in the middle of the best month of our career and it's August 10th. So it's kind of awesome to to come full circle and see it that way. And it starts from way back, I was four years old and I remember very vividly running around the pool deck with my parents when my sister was swimming. And she was, you know, in swimming lessons and my sister's three years older than me. So she was seven and I was just running circles around this pool deck. And I remember maybe two or three weeks after that summer started, my parents were like, this girl is going to either fall and land on her face uh, or piss somebody off and get us kicked out of here because she's running on a pool deck, which is like a big no-no. So my parents actually threw me in. They even told the lifeguard that day, like, we're about to throw her in the pool and she's about to either sink or swim. Uh-huh. So lifeguard, pay attention to her. Um, and I swam all the way across the pool at four years old with zero training before that. No lessons, nothing, just consuming and seeing my sister and other people do it throughout my young life at the time. And so I started swimming competitively at the age of four, um, fast forward to 13, and I quit I quit playing um, tennis, which is my what my dad did. My dad was a really good tennis player for a long time. Um, I was also bowling at the time my parents are both semi-professional bowlers still to this day so my sister and I were in like a little sister league together but I stopped doing all of that and was 100% invested in swimming when I got to high school and ended up getting a scholarship to swim for Rutgers so my junior year I got offered an opportunity to go and, and see about six different schools and I ended up choosing Rutgers and I think You and I talked about this last time, Dean, but I got off the airplane and everything was orange and red and green and like just colorful. And I grew up in Southern California and we don't really have that. Right. So, um, I started in the fall of 2008 at Rutgers with an undergrad, originally degree in physical therapy was what I was going for. I kind of had the mindset of, you know, I've been an athlete my whole life and I'm going to like now help other athletes. It's pretty much all I knew that was kind of just my specialty, if you will, at the time, or at least in my mind. And my freshman year at the end of that second semester, so the end of my spring semester, I was taking a class on creative writing. And in high school, I had done a bunch of creative writing, like journaling and that kind of stuff. So I actually didn't make anything new that entire class, like I just turned in stuff that I'd written in high school. And at the end of that semester, which is like, don't tell my teacher that, right. But um, at the end of that, class, my teacher asked me to come and meet with her for office hours. And I walked in and I was kind of confused. Like, did I fail? Like, did I do something wrong? Like, what's, why am I here? And she asked me, she's like, what's your major currently? And I said, physical therapy. And she goes, why? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I, I'm going to be a physical therapist. Like my dad is a was a lawyer at the time. My sister is a high school biology teacher. My mom got a full ride to vet school. Like it just kind of made sense for my family. And um, my professor straight up was like, no, it shouldn't be. And I was like, what are you talking about? What, you know, you know, I know I love writing, but where is this coming from? And she basically just said, she's like, Michelle, you have a voice and you have a very strong presence on paper, but nobody's going to hear it if you don't share it. And so I changed my degree literally a week later. Um, it took me almost two months to tell my parents. Because I was petrified. I thought I was going to be the black sheep of our family. Like, oh, I'm getting a journalism degree now instead. Um, and that Christmas, I remember coming home and my dad actually left me a book of poetry on, his, on my bed in my bedroom that he had written in college. So although it wasn't a uh, dominant gene, right, we had this recessive writing underlying thing in our family that my dad just didn't really talk about with me.
0: Well, that suppressed personality out of the family
1: yeah yeah so it was it was so cool and my dad and i had our you know our moment and we cried and and it was like the most amazing christmas but um i ended up getting you know a new macbook for christmas that year and it was like i got all these like things that i get to learn how to write with now and you know kind of my parents really embraced it and um then fast forward to my degree and i decided to couple it with journalism and psychology really because I thought if I'm gonna write a book and I'm gonna take all this time to to write, I better understand people and I better figure out what's going on between our ears. you know. So um, I I ended up getting a double major in journalism and psychology and then a a minor in English just to learn, make sure that I was good at writing basically. Um, And then fast forward to kind of now and I ended up realizing only probably about 16 months ago right when the Instagram power method was really born, that all of my degrees, all of my years and years and years of education were actually now all making sense. But I think a lot of the times, a lot of business owners, when you're going through creating something, you're like, I'm I'm not even using my college degree. Like what I got a degree and it's like such a waste of money, you know? but you look forward to your life experiences and the things that led you to where you are. And all of a sudden, I think you just have that moment where you're like, oh my gosh, it really is coming full circle. And I wouldn't be here if it weren't for the mindset of an athlete turning into the mindset of getting a journalism degree and learning how to write and getting a degree in psychology and really understanding client attraction. My first job out of college was sales. So learning how to be good at sales like it ended up just I'd kind of all coming to this miraculous moment of the Instagram Power Method was born. You're,
0: you really learned to understand who you truly were as a result mm-hmm. of, of the challenges that were along the way. It, it, it sounds, yeah. it sound, you, you make it sound so simple, but the, it, it, the and, and I, I loved hearing you tell the story about how you had that limiting belief within your own family. That if I do this, they'll look at me as the black sheep or the outsider. Um, And, and to hear that it was, it, it was embraced. Um, by by at least your dad in, in, instantly, uh, and from from the tone of the conversation, I got a tendency to think that that uh, they, they've all kind of embraced and supported what you're looking to do as that solopreneur. Yeah,
1: hundred
0: yeah, percent. Yeah, great story, and I appreciate I appreciate you sharing that with us. What? Yeah. Because I I talk a lot about psychology and personality profiling and a disc method and something that I've been obsessed with for almost twenty years dive a little bit more into it, is why did you think the psychology part of it was important to pair up with the journalism?
1: My biggest reason was that when it comes to writing about people, traditionally, it's very easy to talk about ourselves, right? It's very easy to say, this is where I came from. This is why I um, enjoy doing this. And we we can freely, creatively write about ourselves. But one of the things that I ended up really thought or thinking that I was going to lean into was like this concept of ghostwriting, which most people have heard of that, but being able to essentially write a book for somebody else in their voice. And so I took a couple of ghostwriting classes throughout my journalism degree, which was kind of more of the, the elective side. So they were real small classes. And I loved that because it was diving super duper deep into it. And in that, process, you realize that in order to really write about other people, you really have to understand different types of personalities and the ways that different types of people consume information, the way that people articulate information. Some people are better at, or you're, you can be better at pulling information out of certain people in certain ways over different other or other ways. Um, And I think one thing as an athlete that translates into that very well. And any athletes that are listening will, will totally get what I mean is that you could have two coaches that both have incredible resumes and one of them may not resonate with you. They could be saying the exact same thing yep. and they could be telling you to do the exact same movement in the exact same way, but you're going to have this relationship with one of them or the, you know, one or the other that's going to hit home a little bit. So and one of
0: my, one of my so, favorite lines is a Confucius line. The teacher appears when the student is willing to learn.
1: Yeah. Doesn't and it, I think
0: it doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be the subject that's being taught. It's the perception of what the student really wants and is ready to accept.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I think that why journalism and psychology made so much sense was I, you know, and I fast forward to today and I'm like, oh, duh, that makes perfect sense. But in that moment, it didn't, you didn't think like that but you have that thought process as you're going through it of this is gonna pan out, this is gonna help me down the road, but you don't really know what it's gonna help you with per se. I think that that's a good point to make for any business owner, right? We know we wanna own a business, we know we wanna run our own show, but we don't really know how we're gonna get there, we don't really know why we're gonna get there, but we just know we have the wherewithal, we have the determination and we can figure it out. So I think that that is parallel for me too.
0: So you graduate with these with these degrees, you've got all these skills you learned in college, uh, like you kind of hinted at most of what you learn in college really doesn't apply the next day. But the lessons, the, the the material may not be relevant, but the lessons that came with it is really what college is all about, in my opinion. And I'm you know, most people who know me know I'm not the biggest fan of the, the education system. Uh, the fact that all too often students are taught to memorize more than anything else that creativity is really being stifled uh, in schools. And that'll be my political commentary for the day. Uh, Let's stop stifling creativity from from kids and let them be more what they are, especially in a world where entrepreneur has become a sexy word um, and more and more people get the opportunity to try it, uh, which I think is a a great thing. And that leads me down my next path. What is it? So you come, you come out of college, you have your degrees, you've got your experience. What's the timeframe between then and when you decided to start this, this particular business? And were there any other business opportunities that you may have passed on along the way?
1: So it's actually all one big opportunity that kind of unfolded. So when I graduated from college in 2012, I took about a year off and I ended up moving to Michigan at the time. And I got a our job opportunity, basically in customer relations with like a big interior design firm. Um, But it was really more because I was going to be writing their content. So like their ads and that kind of stuff. It wasn't so much like I'm an interior designer. So obviously that wasn't the degree I had, but um, I, it was a really cool opportunity. It was a friend of a friend and I didn't really like living in Philly at the time anymore. And so I just literally packed my car up with what I had and what I could afford and, and drove to Michigan. And so that opportunity was corporate America life for me. And and that's, sometimes I get in trouble for saying corporate America life because there's a lot of people that are in corporate America that love it. But for me personally, it was not a good fit because as you said, there's zero creativity in corporate America in my field where I was at the time. So, you know, I would have an opinion and I'd come into the boss's office and say, hey, what do you guys think about this? And it's like, Michelle, you know, you're not getting paid to, to do that or to think like that. Like, why are you doing that? Um, so that opportunity kind of transformed into me being pissed off a lot. So, um, I ended up about a year and a half after I moved to Michigan, finding out that my dad had stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So, and my parents were living in Southern California, just outside of Palm Springs at the time. And, uh, my dad calls me to have this conversation with me. And, and at the time I had had a pull to go home for a while, but I didn't you know i i didn't know when or why or what i was going to do when i got home but i just knew that i needed to be back i needed to be with my family so i ended up quitting because they they offered me to stay working with them but they offered me like something absurd of like half my salary to work from home or like work remotely and i just kinda laughed and said no so i moved to california without a job and my parents knew a bunch of lawyer friends and so i ended up getting a job in public relations and in that interim process i was finishing up my master's degree. So I had gone back to school to get a degree in social media public relations. And that was kind of a brand new degree at the time, nobody had really heard of it, it was a very specialized, very unique thing. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the books that I read in college, that I brought home with me and gave to my dad or my master's degree, but I brought it home and gave it to my dad when my dad was going through cancer, uh, or through cancer treatment, it's called the story factor. It's it's not a sexy book. It's not like a, a fun read right? But it's one of those things that helps you tell your story. And my dad, after he ended up going into remission, uh, wrote a book himself about his process of going through cancer and and chemo and, and all of the other side of it afterwards. But anyway, so I move home, I start working for this public relations firm, doing their social media. So I was building all of their social profiles for all of their clients at the time. And at the back at this point, it was Twitter was really heavy. Um, LinkedIn was still super heavy, um, and Facebook and Instagram were kind of like this newer thing that people were starting to use a lot more for business, but nobody really understood how quite yet. Um, and so I was doing that and I was only there for six months before I quit because not a single client had content that looked any different than anybody else. And they were all paying upwards of, you know, three to five to $7,000 a month for social media health. Wow. And I'm like, cool, my client just paid $7,000. And I just made the exact same piece of content that I did for every other client that was paying half that like, it didn't make sense, you know. So I quit and I started Burma Media. So I incorporated Burma Media in November of 2014. And I I think at the time, it cost like $57 or something like that to incorporate yourself. I had no money. Like I literally put that on my credit card. I had $0.00. Um, and I was so broke. And I just remember thinking like, this has got to work. Like this has to work because I can't do corporate America anymore. I can't do this world. It's just my personality doesn't fit. So I incorporated Burma media. Um, and at the time the business or the thought behind the business was, I was just going to go door to door and get a bunch of these clients to start paying me to do their social media so that it would be better and different. Um, and I did great. I literally went door to door in a neighborhood, um, a business like development neighborhood you know, like one of those, um, corporate complexes. Um, and I ended up, I had like 10 clients and they were all paying 500 bucks a month. That's all I charged at the time. And that was a $5,000 salary for a girl in California that was broke, you know, six um, in your first so, year
0: is not a bad thing.
1: Yeah. So it started off really well. Um, and at the time, one of my clients also was running like an Instagram kind of influencer marketing campaign, if you will um for a bunch of companies and I was like very intrigued by it, but I never really thought more of it after our conversations that we had, had kind of here and there. And then the story kind of bring comes full circle when his wife and I were actually very good friends at the gym that I was working out at. And Marisa and I were laughing and talking back and forth about, you know, who this new client was that I had gotten and, and what I was doing for them. And she's like, you've got to talk to my husband. I know you don't get it, but can you just come over for dinner and talk to him? And so I ended up going over for dinner and learned about this world of influencer marketing, which was people getting paid to post content for other companies, right? So building Instagram accounts, um, building presence and then selling ad space, basically. So um, in that process, a lot of other things happened, but, um, and we can probably get into that, but that's how my world within Instagram really started was, I'm no longer creating content for other people. I'm now going to master the art of how do I make the right kind of content for the right kind of person so that I can get this brand and ROI, whoever's paying me for this. Okay. Because if I get them an ROI, then guess what? They're going to keep buying from me. Right. So um, I dove really heavily into that. And that was what Burma Media was for the first almost three years.
0: So it was om- almost like you were a ghostwriter, but in the Instagram world for people.
1: Literally. Okay.
0: Yes. <laughs> Listen, it, it, I I love it because you 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 found an opportunity and you created it. What were the what were you know you you make it sound like it's so seamless and everything just flowed right in place. You hit a few road bumps along the way. I would have to assume. So. Hundred percent. Let's talk about. You know, because because I think we learn better from failures, our our own especially, but listening to people who are humble enough to share theirs as well to say, I can relate to that or I might I might see that coming up in my future. And if I do, maybe this lesson could help them kind of pivot or detour to get around that hurdle if they don't have to if they don't have to be involved in it.
1: Yeah. So, so- tell,
0: me, tell me about some of your challenges
1: there's one big, massive, glaring one. There's, there's really two, but the first one was in this, in between when I was doing an info in the influencer world and doing a lot of influencer marketing for big brands. And then um, the second one is after the actual Instagram power method course launched the first time. Um, so I'm sure we'll probably have time to get to both, but the first one, the, the problem I was facing, and maybe a lot of people won't resonate with this, but hopefully some will, that in the influencer world, there's so much money in it, right? Everyone's just making a boatload of money in doing this. And it was so good for so long. Like I bought my first house um, when I was 23, after I had started my company, I'd only been in business for about a year and a half. Um, I had $40,000 in savings after my first year because I didn't have anything to spend money on, right? I was a single girl just running my own show. I got a dog, that was about my most expensive thing. So I had a lot of money that was just kind of sitting there. And all of a sudden, you know, you go from, I'm this broke girl that really doesn't have much to, I have $40,000 in my savings. So I ended up buying a house, which was a a phenomenal investment. Of course, everyone will tell you that, especially at the time. Um, and I was doing super well. Like it was, I couldn't, you couldn't slow me down. Like that's how good it was. It was just constantly so good all the time. I was working out for six to eight hours a day, making money while I was working out. Like things were just awesome, you know, and you really feel like you're living in this high world of nothing can take me down from where I am right now. But then reality sets in and the world of influ- influencer marketing started to slow significantly. So I went from averaging, you know, sixteen to $18,000 a month, to more like eight, right? So all of a sudden you're like, crap, I'm not making what I was making. What's the problem? Where is this going to continue to go in the wrong direction? And it very quickly did. So within the next year or so, it went from eight to about four. um, And it was bad. And all of a sudden, this empire I had built was slowing. And it was because influencer marketing and these brands were starting to figure out that there were ways to generate ROIs on their own pages versus putting their ad on other people's pages. So the world shifted. And it happened really fast in totality but as you're going through it it feels like it's really slow um so yeah it it failed it crumbled um after about three years
0: and what year was that
1: so i started in 2014 so in 2000 early or mid 2017 it really it really came down
0: what do you Because the influencer world was something that I was very heavily involved with on the advertiser side when I was in the restaurant business back in 2016, you know, 15, 16, 17. Uh, What do you attribute, and and I've got my opinions, but what do you attribute the collapse of that, quote unquote, influencer world back then?
1: I, for me, at least on the inside, you know, I was running... Influencer accounts that were a little bit different than what the traditional one was. So, you guys may have back in the day, and Dean, you probably saw a lot of these, but the like meme type accounts, right? The like best friend quotes or, um, you know, boss babe entrepreneur like mindset type pages, um, lots of girly type, you know, memes or like a good example on the real estate side for those of you guys who maybe follow um, real estate pages is like the broke agent, yep. right? So, that Instagram page is all those fun memes that are. Pulled off or made off the internet. So I was building those kinds of accounts. So the types of people that were spending money to advertise in those places was shifting dramatically because they started to realize again that if I'm spending, call it $500 for 10 one hour posts on best friend facts, but my product isn't resonating with this audience, then why am I spending my money there? Why don't I put my money in the right audience? So it became this, it's hard to say it in any nicer way, but it came down so fast, like imploded. Like imagine the twin towers in New York city coming down that fast. Like it was just like, bam, all of a sudden it was gone.
0: Yeah. And and it was, it was interesting to watch because like I said, I, I, I had been exposed to many people who were foodie influencers and they all had these multi, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers and Hey, I can get you exposed to all these people. And Yep. When you see the same offer being made by twenty, thirty people in the same month, kind of sets up a re- sends up a red flag and says something's going on here. Um, and I did I did a lot of my own research and realized that the question wasn't how many followers do you have. The question was what's the level of engagement you have with your followers and how relevant are they to my audience. Um, there you go. And and that, was, that for me was a really hard lesson to learn because I wanted to spend money with these people in the worst way. They had beautiful accounts. When they were on camera, they did a great job, whether they were the most beautiful people in the world or the person that you don't ever wanna see because in their opinion, in, in their, and I'll use the specific phrase because I never forget this one woman said it, I'm but ugly, nobody wants to see me on camera but she owned, you know, and it was, it was just hysterical, but they really did a great job of trying to sell you on the value that they brought. And then you realized, all right, what does 50,000 likes on a post make for me? Not a damn penny unless it's to the right audience. And I, I learned that really quick. And, and that's why I, I love the fact that the, the world of micro influencers is becoming more and more common right now. Um, yeah, define for me, well, tell tell me what your take is on the influencer world today.
1: No, yeah. So today, I personally, my take on it is our generation. So I'm a millennial, right? I'm three, so I'm in that twenty. I think it's like twenty six to thirty seven year old bracket. I guess is what they consider millennials, and I could be off by a year or two there. Um, and then you got your Gen Zers underneath me, which are like your thirteen, fourteen to twenty four, twenty five year olds. So both of these generations, but specifically the millennials, we live for instant gratification, right? We want to know ours is the best and we want to know it right now. The word patient uh, should be the motto or the slogan for 2020, in my opinion, for lots of other things. But uh, in general, the millennials need to or lack patience. So with that being said, in the influencer world, the problem is that your millennials are going to be able to figure out this isn't working in two seconds. You literally have that small of a time frame to convince a millennial to spend money with you. And so, and I, I don't, I don't know if you want me to dig into that or where you want me to go well, with that, but, but that, yeah, and then.
0: Personally, I, I love this conversation. I, I hope at least yeah. one listener does as well, but I'll be selfish right now. So please keep going.
1: Yeah. So. That's the first piece, and and again, this ties into me and you know for you, Dean, and I, our love of psychology. This really ties into that a lot. But the second one is your Gen Zers. So the difference between the millennials and the Gen Zers is the millennials don't need as much social proof or um, you know showcasing your before and afters or showing that you've done business well. Because if you can promise that you're going to get something done and you're going to get it done super fast, we're going to give you a try. Now, the difference between that and Gen Z beneath us is that Gen Z, when they decide something, when they decide that they're interested in you, they're going to go and they're going to explore and search you on every possible platform that you could possibly be on to make sure that you are who you say you are and that your results are going to be worth their money. So um, a lot of the things that or a lot of the phrases that I've come across in my experience with this is like the wormhole effect. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, once you get into this conversation, you just can't stop doing the research. So, I mean, I'm a good and bad example of this because when I bought the Ford Bronco or like did the res- reservation thing for it, I immediately went to Instagram and I was like going off on all these Instagram pages, trying to define what color was I going to get? What version did I really want? Like all of the details. And so that's why I laughingly say like, I'm kind of in between like a Gen Z and a millennial, even though I'm definitely older than Gen Z. But that's how our brains work. So the influencer world of immediate ROI for us, if it's not there, we are going to sniff it out and we're going to sniff it out fast.
0: So let, let's wrap on the influencer thing, because I think it's a very good lead into the Instagram power method.
1: Mm-hmm. Who do
0: you think has the I don't want to say the right. That's the wrong word. Who do you think has the ability to be what makes a successful micro influencer?
1: somebody who can be authentic as hell, somebody who can be 100% transparent about their good, bad, ugly, happy, sad days, because it develops this virtual relationship between their audience and them. Um, And one person or some people I should say that that do this really well are, uh, you know, maybe the smaller type of business owners. I don't want to say like so bad. Here's a bad example. Like all the Bachelorette girls from the TV show The Bachelor. Okay. Right? If you go on their Instagrams, they're they're influencers that are just getting paid to post stuff and they don't actually use any of it. Like we all know that. You know what I mean? But why are we feeling that? Because they're not raw and they're not authentic a lot of them. There are some that are better than others, but like the Kim Kardashians of the world, right? She used to get paid a Million dollars to post a fit tea ad right back when fit tea was this big deal. Yep. And did, she, did that woman ever use fit tea? Like, no, 100% not. But one person or famous person that a lot of people will probably know is Kim Zolziak, who's married to um, I've Corey Peterson, I think. No, maybe it's not Peterson, I don't remember his last name, Bierman. Corey Bierman, sorry, he played for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, anyway, so I'm uh, whether you're a fan or not a fan of reality TV. Um, Kim's done a phenomenal job at being just downright raw with her audience. Like she will be on Facebook live or Instagram live with no makeup on with her hair up in a towel after getting out of the shower. And she'll also be on it when she's, you know, got her makeup done, getting her hair done. Like she has no problem showing you her wig room, like, you know, the behind the scenes of like, who is this woman in her life? And as much as it sounds bad, like that's what people want. Yeah.
0: We had a guest a couple weeks back actually did a two part episode and I think part two just launched a couple of days ago or, oh, 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 we lost power. So it will, it will be launching soon. Uh, a woman by the name of Tatiana Landono. She's uh, she's out of uh, Quebec, uh, Montreal, and she is. She actually does a lot of the influencer stuff, but when we interviewed her, she said the same things. Listen, if I'm not going to use it, I'm not going to sell it. It's just not in me. I'm not that kind of person. Uh, And we get we get along great because, you know, here's this beautiful woman from French Canada, Latino woman uh, who's just got she's got a set on her. She's afraid. She's not afraid to say anything. Uh, and she's as raw as they get, um, but but she, like you said, it's, it's truly as authentic as it as it comes. And and I and we talked a little bit about it as well, which is why I wanted to dive into it with you. And I I appreciate you giving me your insight on that because I think that's what it takes is is somebody to have a personality that is truly them, that they're not afraid to be all in on who they are. Um, yep. And I think you did a wonderful job describing that, at least for me. So I greatly appreciate uh, the lesson and the validation. So let's take the next step. Here we are. We start to transition transition into what has become the new Instagram Power Method. So uh, I'm, I'm not going to say cheap plug time, but let's let's talk about let's talk about why you started this version of it, and what. Been, and again, to the listeners out there who are anti real estate, because that's what I talk about more often than not. Listen for the lessons that can be learned that apply to any business. Um, the IG Power, the Instagram Power method, as you define it right now, is your 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 niche audience for the most part is real estate agents and loan officers in the mortgage industry. Correct? Yes. So let's talk about how you came about to creating it. Uh, when in the process you decided to niche down to that part was it early or later? Um, take take me through your flow there and and start to explain to our listeners. Um, what the program is and why it is valuable and who who it's valuable to and why it's valuable to them.
1: Yeah. So the, I love this conversation. It never gets old being able to, to really feel every time I say it, that's one thing I th- I really want people to learn from me and to, to hear from me more frequently. I'm trying to figure out the right way of saying this, but, I want it to ooze out of me because it's such a huge part of my why and, and really how I became who I am. But when the Instagram power method became this formulized thing, it started with a giant leap of faith. And when I say that, I'm saying it wholeheartedly, one hundred percent, like I mean that. Um, because when this whole world was crashing down of the influencer space and all of a sudden I was like I almost can't afford to pay for my house right now. Like some, I got to figure something out and I got to figure it out fast. Um, And, you know, of course I knew that that was kind of coming, but in that process, I made a commitment to myself that I was going to figure out a way instead of doing this for all these influencers and having them pay me to just do it on their behalf, I was going to figure out a way to teach them how to do it for themselves in a way that was way more powerful than it could ever be done from an outsider looking in, right? Or in that ghost writer space. So um, when this happened, it was right at the end of two, or I, not even at the end, actually, it was more like mid 2017, um, I or 2018, just kidding, it was 2018 because I just separated from a long time um, fiance of mine, and I bought a plane ticket about a month afterwards. And I flew to Europe by myself for a week. And I went to Europe to go meet a gentleman who was my business coach. I've been paying him as my business coach for about three months before that, leading up to this trip. Never met him in real life. We had Zoomed and facetimes a bunch of times. So obviously I was like familiar with him. And his wife was somebody who I became friendly with at the time, but didn't really know them. Like I had no personal connection to them I you know for all I know he could have tried to rob me when I got there who knew but anyway so I flew to Europe by myself um and my parents were mortified that I did that especially because I had never been out of the country and in 2018 there was a lot of things going on overseas in the world right with women and and other problems that were going on and I won't get into detail but you get you guys know where I'm going with that so anyways I get to Europe and Darren and I make this plan we're going to go to coffee shops every day and we're going to get those easel papers and we're just going to take notes and we're going to get into figuring out how to formulate this and how to conceptualize it. So we did that for seven days straight. We sat in coffee shops and we went through probably four packages of those easel poster board papers with whiteboard or not whiteboard markers, like the Sharpie markers. Yep. Yep. Um, And at the end of it, and I still have the picture, I saved it because it was, it's something that you you look at it and you're like, oh my gosh, this is how it all started. But in that meeting by the, or in that week, one of the last meetings we had was we were going through all of the different types of clients that I had done that $500 a month thing way back before. And mm-hmm. I looked at all of them and said, or he asked me, he's like, which ones are you the most passionate about and why? And I really came to this conclusion of real estate. Like I love Chip and Joanna Gaines. I was a huge fan of HGTV. I've always wanted to live in Texas and you know farmhouse type place. and I started to realize that if I could lean into something that I really loved, I think I'd be better at it. So and I I was already good at social media, but I think it's there's something that changes when you're doing something you really love doing and people you really love helping. So when I left Europe, I got home and I fired every client that I had, every single one of them. And I think we talked about this last time, but I had eleven total. Um, I fired all of them and except for the two that were in real estate. And I started from zero. And about um, a month later, maybe two months later, I met my now husband um, at the gym. And so when Dave and I met, I had nothing. You know, I was in this process of rebuilding, of like trying to figure out what this course was going to look like. I really didn't have an idea of how I was going to do it. I just knew that that was like the direction I was going in. And then in March, um, my husband and I got married earlier that month and, and about halfway through that month, I told him, Hey babe, I just spent $3,000 on this online course creator coach basically. So he, we didn't have $3,000, let me just say that. So um, we bought this course and I went through it and all I did every single day was go through this program and notes and notes. I had multiple notebooks of going through this and developing this concept. The Instagram power method was then born the original version of it um, in July of that year. So I bought the program in March. The course became a, a live product um, July like 17th or something like that of that month. And um, here, talk about failure. The first time I officially hit launch, I emailed it to my email list, zero. Crickets, absolute crickets. I took like three days off after that. I came into my husband and I in our bedroom and I just sat there and I was devastated. You know, I was like, I spent the last, however long, maybe almost a year at that point, between when I met with Darren and that year and I hit the launch button and, and every course creator wanted it to suddenly turn into this like million dollar thing. You're
0: not real life. You hear the angels sing yeah. the cash register the Ching, right?
1: Yep. And it was not real life. It was absolute crickets. And I, and I cried my eyes out and I was mortified. You know, I was like, maybe I'm not good at this. Maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. Um, this, this is about a year lost, ago now. Lost his face. That was is, almost a year ago.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, so you more, more than going, a year ago now.
1: You,
0: you literally run face first into the wall. You get nothing out of it. <laughs> you put your heart and soul into it. Yep. What happens?
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> it, it's it's hard, right? And I I I feel like every entrepreneur should talk about this more. But I spent a good two months feeling bad for myself for sure. Um, and, and going through this process of maybe I missed the boat here. Like maybe I did something that I shouldn't have done. And I I had those moments of doubt. I had those moments of positivity where it's like, maybe if I tweak this and really it it came down to my husband, that sounds bad and good at the same time, but he just, he was so supportive the whole time. And he was like, you're going to figure this out. And About two months after the massive fail, I started figuring out that there were systems I was missing, right? So I started figuring out, I didn't have an, I didn't understand the email drip process leading into actually promoting this course going live. I didn't understand what my clients really needed specifically to make them want to buy my product. I knew the product was good. There's no question about that. But getting them to understand that they needed the product or the product itself was a total 180 for me.
0: So, so you let let's let's use a few cliches and some of the people who've inspired both of us. You jumped in and threw the right hook before you threw a single jab, is what it sounds like to me, in Gary V language.
1: Yeah.
0: And mm-hmm. as as a 100%. result, you didn't have you didn't have the right to ask for the sale at that point because you have you hadn't earned it yet. Fair enough. Hundred percent. Fair enough. When I when I look at the fun the funnel mentality, you were strictly focused on bottom of funnel, but you weren't bothering to fill anything on top with anything of any value to keep people in there.
1: Nope.
0: It's, nope. A, bu- it's, it's a beautiful thing to see happen, and and I I kind of feel compelled to tell you, you you shouldn't have apologized for the way that you put it before that you had the pity party and your husband came in and kind of lifted your spirits. I think. That's <laughs> every good relationship is about whether it's husband wife male female male male female female doesn't matter that's what it's that's what a partnership is all about um and and my and my most loyal business partner has always been my wife and she's not involved in any of my businesses but she's responsible for all of them is the way that i look at it because she's the one who brings me back. she's the one who brings me back to center you know my kids do it as well but my wife has a way of doing it better than anyone else because she can be blunt with me um don't listen that that is that's that comment from you is something that to, to embrace and be pr- proud of no need to ever apologize for that. At least in my opinion, And listen, I'm just one guy here and I could be wrong, but I, I got you back on that one. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a, as a, as a partner in life, that's our responsibility is to help, help lift each other up and sometimes drag each other's back and this, you know, to protect us from ourselves. Uh, but yeah. so yeah, so you had the two, three month pity party, you mm-hmm. had the Jesus meeting with your husband who, who, had that moment that set you straight uh whether it was him or you accepting it what happened next what did you what did you do now that you realized what you were missing let's start talking about building it and and turning it into a success
1: yeah so just before the end of that year it was like early November so again course launch in mid-July Massive fail. All of July, all of August, all of September. I'm just feeling bad for myself, right? I I think I ended up with like maybe five sales total throughout the first three months. Um, and then early November, I just started talking to a bunch of other girls that were online course creators, and they were in totally different spaces, right? So they serve different types of clients. But I started to think after talking to a lot of them and being in masterminds and and figuring out kind of where my zone of genius really lied or really lay, I guess, depending on how you want to say that was in my ability to help people realize that Instagram was the medium, right? Instagram was the platform we're putting content on, but it's what happens before you start putting anything out on Instagram that really matters. Now that should sound very similar to, Hey, Michelle, don't try to sell something. If you don't know, help people understand why they should buy something. So the parallel there became very apparent to me. So I spent a ton of time learning how to nurture my audience and how to understand ideal pain points that I could leverage to turn into conversation starters. I learned and started to trust my gut on having stronger and more um, serious conversations with people in my DMs, right? And reaching out to them with confidence versus, hey, you probably don't know me. Like, so I used to literally send DMs saying, you probably don't know me. Well, that's not a good way to start, right? Right. But again, all of this is kind of slowly progressing. And I start to readjust the message in saying, hey, realtor, hey, loan officer, like, I see you and I know exactly where you're at, because I've been there. And I was in that exact same spot, too. Um, And as soon as I change that.
0: You switch from saying you don't know me to, hey, I know you. You know, I may exactly. not know you, and face, I didn't. And I know you personally, yeah. but I know who you are, and I, I'm, I'm, I, I love the train. I love the transition and how you went through this because I, I am a paid, a paid member of your program, um, and I'm about a little more. I'm about forty percent of the way through it, um, and what, and the reason why I'm not further through it was because you did. I, in my opinion, you did a fantastic job of taking people and smacking them right across the head in the beginning to say, you need to know who you are, why you're that way, and who you want to do business with. Stop trying to be all things to all people. Understand who your market is. Uh, and and I, I I listened to this, and I'm, I'm almost grateful for your sake that the beginning of it was a failure because without that, you wouldn't have made that transition because I think you're not only creating better social media influential people, not to use the word, I don't want to use influencer, but ha- people who have influence, influential, um, yep. because they know who they are and they're, they're not worried about a hundred thousand followers or even 10,000 followers. Listen, we can all get the swipe up. You just got to pay for it. Um, but, and that's not the most important thing in the world. If you know who the audience is paying for that swipe up is better than paying to get 10,000 people who aren't ever going to do in any kind of connection with you, let alone do business. So I love. Before you got into the tactical, you got into the head stuff, into the headspace, and said to people, "You need to understand this. Don't skip over it." Uh, and I think most of the work in your program, from what I've seen so far, I could be wrong. I don't know about the complete back end of it yet, but most of the work really happens up front, which is how any smart business should be built. It
1: one billion percent does. I notice I skipped over one hundred percent there and went all the way to one billion, right? Because yep. one billion percent the framework. So I'm a big country music fan team. You and I, I think talked about that last time, but the Marin Morris song I bring up every time, right? But the house won't fall if the bones are good. That's the line. And it resonates with me every time I hear her sing it, because that's exactly what businesses. the The best businesses in the world and the ones that are the most successful have a framework that's unbreakable. And that goes into, you want to start generating business off of Instagram well, stop thinking about Instagram as the thing you need to figure out and start thinking about your brain as the thing that you need to figure out because then Instagram becomes really easy.
0: Right. And it it, move, it very quickly moves away from the hey, look at me mentality to I've got fantastic things that you need to see. It's not about you – know, one, of, one of the differentiations I had with one of the coaching programs I do work with, uh, we used to always talk about WIFM, what's in it for me. When, when, as a salesperson and as as a marketer, we always looked at it and said, we have to come across thinking what's in it for me from the consumer standpoint. And it was about how do we get into their head to give them value. So one day I had this epiphany and I said, no, really what it has to be is what's in it for them. We can't look at mm-hmm. it and say what's there, what's in it for me. We have to look at it from us and say, what can we do for them? And very, it 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 went from using the word me, even though it was about them, using the word them. And it comes from a giver's mentality. And, I, and I, I see a lot of, of that in how you've gone about building your program, and what you, you know, how you guide people to building their audience and bringing value, and helping them, you know, no, no, no joke about it. Generate leads, generate business opportunities, build their business mm-hmm. from a come. And, and I really believe it comes from a position of giving and, and understanding what's in it for the consumer.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so I agree.
0: Let, totally. let's uh, let's dive into it. You know, we got we got a few minutes left. Let's give, uh, and we don't need to go through it, but it's a it's a t- eight plus module program, correct?
1: Ten now,
0: ten now. Okay, mm-hmm. so, so it's not bonus sections; it's ten officially.
1: There's ten full ones plus bonus now.
0: Okay, gotcha. Okay, so it, the, there's a lot there's a lot in here, and this is not an easy program. It's not a silver bullet or a magic pill. It requires work. Mm-hmm. But once you get past the beginning stages of it, and this this is kind of me guiding you to to make the sales pitch because I want people to go learn about what you do and and, and look into your program because I I know personally I know I can think of a dozen people right off the top of my head who should be doing this um, mm-hmm. and are foolish if they don't and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of gurus out there I I don't look at what your program is doing as being one of those guru type things it's it's a very structured system that says. If you do this consistently and you be genuine, which is part of doing it consistently, that you will build better relationships. You won't necessarily build a bigger following, but you'll build better relationships at a minimum with those who are following you. And ultimately, I think that's what it's all about, because the reason why I asked the influencer question earlier, I believe if you have an audience of two, that you can be extremely influential to those people, mm-hmm. as long as you're willing to engage and participate in what they need you know, and give them yep. what's in it for them. So talk talk to us about the flow and the process of the program, the benefits, and ideally who should be looking into this and, and hopefully for your sake, even buying it.
1: So the Instagram Power Method program, the new version of it is aimed at the real estate agents, the loan officers, and not even, you could be in a totally different industry. Like I know Dean, you had a restaurant back in the day, right? Like, you could be in, in a totally different industry and get an extreme amount of benefit out of this. But what you me, need to do. Let me let but,
0: me you off for one second, because I want to say that I, I I really you know, we talk a lot about real estate on here because it's what I spend the majority of my working hours doing is is, is around the periphery or actually in the real estate industry. But I think people who are open minded enough to listen to and learn from industries other than their own. And I use myself as the example. When I got to the restaurant business, I took my real estate database and marketing experience and applied it there and figured out how to customize it for that. Then I learned mm-hmm. the three years that we were there, how much I was able to grow it and how impactful it was because my my connection and engagement rate was, it shot up. And then I took that back to the real estate world. So the version of me today, here we are six years after I started doing that, compared to what I was then is night and day. And it's all because I learned from other industries. So I, I appreciate you stirring that up. And now the, the the stage is all yours. Go for it.
1: Yeah. So the the program, again, is, is really designed for those of you guys who are listening or who know people who sit there and say to themselves, I missed the boat. I'm too late. I'm too old for Instagram. Or uh, Instagram is so time consuming. I don't have time for that these really big common mistakes that people are making and they don't even know that they're making them right they just say it out loud because it's what everybody else is saying so they just say oh i'm not on instagram because i sell the 55 and older development type people so my audience isn't there so i'm not going to waste my time there right these are the types of people who as you said need a big slap across the face of like stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about the people that you're really trying to serve and realize what they really need and what they're looking for in order to make a decision on throwing their money at you to help them buy or sell a house. Or in the case of a loan, right? Getting that person to choose you out Mm -hmm. of a very saturated loan officer market. Um, So the Instagram Power Method Program as a whole starts off with this really in-depth conversation of what's your niche? Who is your target audience? and and I'll say, again, for those of you guys, I know Dean, you know this, but if you say you're a first-time homebuyer specialist, that's not a niche. And I'm going to push you way past that into the nitty gritty of figuring it out. And then the course really goes through all of the framework building, the psychology of sales at towards the middle end, right? Of how do I start conversations with the right people that can actually bring me business? And as I'm building and creating those conversations, guess what's happening? My following is growing in a very targeted, very specific manner from people who can actually buy for me or who will want to buy for me, versus just a bunch of other vendor partners. Right? No realtor wants other realtors following them because they can't bring them business traditionally. Right? Depending on your business structure and what you're trying to do. Um, now, one big thing that the Instagram Power Method program does that really has flipped the script on Instagram marketing courses or coaching programs is if you're a referral agent. So let's say you're from Minnesota and you live where I live now in Arizona and you're brand new to Arizona. You just got your Arizona license, but you're from Minnesota. You went to university of Minnesota. You got a bunch of friends and family that you know from there. Well, guess what? Your business in Arizona can very easily be based off relocation and attracting those Minnesotians to Arizona. And when they get to Arizona or before they even start the process of moving to Arizona, you wanna be the one that they're gonna hire. So the program structures you really around being able to engage correctly, target correctly, Um, I had somebody email me yesterday saying, I'm from Ohio and Dayton. I don't need your program because nobody in Dayton even knows about Instagram. And I was like, you have your head so far up your ass. Like you are never going to be able to figure this out. I don't even want you in my program. You know what I mean? Um, So then the program ends with what I call like the bonus content. So a lot of it goes into like the mindset of things. There's an interview in there with Blake Clark, who's one of the top performing agents in the entire state of Arizona. Um, And it's all mindset and methodology of I'm a team leader. Trying to lead my team this way um, into the world of generating leads off of this platform. And my best favorite, uh, number one, most requested module is called It Goes Down in the DMs. And it, I teach you how to move your leads from cold status to warm, warm to hot, and how to identify where that lead might be in that process so that you can turn them into a lead that's on fire for you.
0: I love it. And I, I it, you summed up the whole thing and like I I listened to the first time I started going through it I listened to it at one and a half speed you you just banged it out in like four minutes that was very impressive I appreciate that um, thank you one of the things because you knew a little bit about me before before today from our last conversation so let's take me for example I am not so much looking for Mr. Home Buyer or Mr. Mrs. Home Seller anymore I'm looking mm-hmm be CEO, broker owner of my company, and recruit agents to come work with me um, and teach them how to go be the best salesperson that they could be for the people that they're serving. Um, yep. This is, correct me if I'm wrong, if a broker would buy this, this is the kind of program that is accessible to their team members, correct?
1: Yes, so I have a team version of the Instagram Power Method, so there's really um, three main types, or three, I shouldn't say types, three main versions. Um, the first version is the monthly payment plan. So there's a lot of the newer agents, right? Maybe they don't have their first deal yet. Maybe they just got their first commission, so they can't use the whole thing. So they buy the six-month payment plan version of the course. So it's um, 297 dollars for six months. So as you pay- make your payments, you end up um, getting more and more access to more and more of the program. Mm-hmm. That is definitely for your new agents, your more inexperienced agents, or the one that just got your license and you're trying to get it ramped up. Um, and your marketing budget's small. The second version of it is what you bought, Dean, right? So the, the individual version, it's for one person to be able to get in there and really take their business to the next level. Maybe you're already somewhat familiar with social media. Maybe you don't know anything about Instagram at all, but you're ready to make that investment into yourself and into learning how to better communicate and connect to your audience on social media. Plus you also recognize the fact that, hey, People are going to social media to vet me. So if I don't have a social media profile, they're not going to hire me, right? right. So that's the second main version. And I would say that's probably what we sell three quarters of uh, as far as total volume. And then the new one that was recently developed in the last six months or so was um, the team version. So this version is for up to five people. Um, If you want to go over five, we have like a custom structure of how we do that but it allows for up to five people to have access to all the videos in the module. Um, And what that does is gives that team leader the ability to say, hey, we're gonna do this as a team and we're gonna go through this program together so that we have one accountability and two, if we need additional help, um, we have two tiers of coaching. We have VIP coaching and we have monthly group coaching. Um, which there's, you know, differences between the two, but the team version, um, my biggest team is 16 people. So all 16 of them are in, um, and we have coaching calls on their VIP coaching clients. But basically what that is, is two hours with me every two weeks. So every second Friday of the month or every other Friday of the month, um, we have a two hour coaching session just with me. So I get to focus on just that team and really move the needle for those individuals.
0: So for those of you agents who are out there listening, I'm going to put a cheap plug for me. This is one of many programs that we'll be offering or we are or will be offering to our agents because we do truly see the value in it. uh, And it makes sense. And for my other broker friends out there, you need to put some time and effort into understanding the mindset of your own team, your own agents, your own employees, Um, independent contractor or not doesn't matter. This is something that is relevant. You look at what Instagram is doing. They basically smacked Snapchat around and said, go away and And their audience. And now they're doing as of a couple days ago, they're doing it to TikTok. And guess what? Those kids who you look at as fools and saying, what are they doing? They live there. And if you don't pay attention to them, somebody else will. And Mm -hmm. opportunity will be lost for you because of the fact that you did not feel you could pivot. I am soon to be a 51 year old middle-aged, overweight man from suburban New York. Um, I have no problem admitting that I don't necessarily enjoy all the social media things that are out there, but I enjoy the fact that I'm aware of the fact that they need to be part of your campaign and part of your business strategy. Uh, And they're not tactical little things. They are of massive importance because it's the world that we live in. You know, to steal another Gary V line, that t- that phone in your hand is the remote control of your life, not just your TV anymore. It is your TV, your radio, your encyclopedia. You need to wake up and realize that this is not a passing fad. This is not a phase. Uh, artificial intelligence is right around the corner, and massive scale. And you need to understand that this is a place that people go to not only for entertainment but for education and validation like like michelle said earlier it it is the number one way for people to validate who you are and listen they're going to pay you a lot of money you they deserve to get the best and we deserve to give them everything we have and then some and we need to put more time and effort into and and money into learning how to do this well and understanding that what we learn today, like, like I say, college is very, for the most part, co- what you learn in college is irrelevant the day after you get your degree. I got news for you. With social, social media, what you learn today is probably irrelevant in two days. Um, you need to stay in front of it because it will change drastically. And it will make you a better, it'll make you a better salesperson. It will make you a better business owner. Understanding that will have such a positive, massive impact in your life if you're willing to put the time and effort into it. So, Michelle, closing words because we've been at this just over an hour and I want to respect your time because I told you one hour. So we're rolling over a little bit.
1: You are good. Um, I got probably 30 minutes before I got to get on back on the phone. So you're totally good. But the thing I want to leave everybody with is for me. And one of the things I think that has made my relationship with you, Dean already so great in my opinion is we see things the same way. And, and what I mean by that is, At the end of the day, my job is to move the needle for one person. If I can do that, I can go to sleep every single night next to my husband and know that I did something good today. And for me, that is the foundation of the Instagram power method is I'm going to do everything in my power, regardless of how tired I am, regardless of how under caffeinated I might be that day to make your business better. And if you feel like you have a unique strategy, if you feel like you have a unique business that nobody else has, I can promise you you don't, right? I probably heard it, um, but try me, right? So I, got, I have people email me all the time saying, Michelle, you probably haven't worked with anybody like this, but so this is what I do for my business and blah, blah, blah. Do you think you can help me? And my answer is that there is no business that is too unique or too different or too out there in order or to leverage this platform correctly. And in my opinion, selfishly, I'll say that, but the best way to do it is with the Instagram Power Method, course. I,
0: I and And so far, I agree with you from what I'm saying. Everything about it is great. It, it is not overly time consuming. It is not complicated or confusing. It requires you to put in a little bit of work. And anything mm-hmm. worth having in life is worth working for. So, um, yep. uh, Michelle, I can't thank you enough for your time today, your time last week, and for a phenomenal program that I look forward to churning my way through and keeping you up to date on my likes and dislikes. And it's not that my dislikes are wrong; it's just because I don't like them. I want you to be aware of it. So, if I'm in pain, I want to let you know. Uh, yep. Maybe you and I want to hear out. it. <laughs> yeah, maybe you can tune me up a little bit and help me figure out better ways to more efficient ways, not not better, but more efficient ways to to do the right thing. You've been a fantastic guest. I greatly appreciate your time, your insight, your knowledge, uh, and your patience. Where can people find out more about the Instagram Power Method and find out more about you?
1: So the easiest way I always tell people is go to Instagram. Um, But Berman Media Social is my Instagram handle. Um, Berman is spelled B-E-R-M-A-N, Media Social, all one word. And in my bio, you will see the link there for the Instagram Power Method Roadmap. This is uh, your freebie, right? It's a four-page document that goes through the three big mistakes that you're currently making and the four pillars or the four pieces of framework that you need to understand in order to really start Instagram off if you haven't already started at all in the right place. And if you're currently using Instagram wrong, you're going to figure it out real fast. Um, But that roadmap is going to go through it and then it's going to give you the opportunity to join my free masterclass, which is going to dive into those four pieces in depth so I always recommend go to Instagram. My website is just Media pd P as in Paul, D as in dog.com. Um, and Dean, if you need me to send that over to you so you can email it out, let me know.
0: Yeah, we'll, de- we'll definitely link it up. And, and, you know, somebody asked me the other day, why don't you ever get any of your... your- your guests to make offers, I don't feel it's my place to infringe on their business, but what I will ask is that if you do reach out to Michelle uh, with questions, concerns, or looking to join, mention that you heard heard it on the podcast. If she chooses to do something that's out of the kindness of her own heart and no obligation, nor do I expect her to do it, but I would love to know that we're reaching people. Uh, so with that, I will say one more time, Michelle, thank you so much for your time. I greatly appreciate it. I look forward to getting through the rest of your program and making it a part of our business strategy here not our tactics but part of our strategy um you've been a fantastic guest i love what you're doing and i really think people should put a few minutes into learning more and if you want one user's opinion of it feel free to reach out to me uh like i failed to mention in almost every episode the easiest way to get a hold of me is dean miller real estate on instagram i do respond to my own to to all your comments i do respond to all your dms that is me and nobody else yes Corey has but only to let me know hey knucklehead you missed a comment you might want to go reply to it <laughs> um, it, it is my job to manage that account uh, and and it is it's one of the things I'm passionate about doing because I, I love connecting with people and being a value and, and helping out so as always I'll thank you that- much for tuning into the opportunity Knox podcast if you have questions concerns suggestions ideas thoughts you want to be a guest reach out hit me up on the on instagram i love the dms it works well for me some of the greatest relationships i've made in business over the last five or six years or whatever four or five years have been as a result of instagram um it has made a world of difference to my business, and believe it or not, it's made a difference in my life. It's helped me reconnect with a lot of people that I've, I've lost touch with over the years, uh, and it's been enjoyable. So don't be afraid of it. Get out there and go do something. As always, thank you so much for being a loyal listener. We appreciate it. Give us a review. Subscribe. Let us know what we can do to bring you a better show in the future. And as always, go out there and find a way to make somebody else smile today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a fantastic day.